to the Magnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karin Jekabowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Magnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. Well, welcome, welcome, everyone. I am so excited today to have Dr. Dr. Lund. Did I say it right, Dr. Lund, right? You did, yes. Yeah, Lund. Our <laughs> practicing. Nothing like saying someone's name wrong. So uh, Dr. Lund, first of all, congratulations on your podcast that you started last fall. Super excited for you because I know how much work that takes. Thank you so much. I'm really excited about it too. It's super fun. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. And um, for those of you who are listening, uh, Dr. Lund's podcast is The Optimized Mind. I just gave it five stars yesterday. Uh, the podcast you. explores how we can define our own unique context, build resilience, and maximize potential through engaging with today's top thought leaders in business and personal development space. Uh, Dr. Lund is also the author of Bounce, Help Your Child Build Resilience and Thrive in School, Sports, and Life, which I absolutely love. And Dr. Lund is a highly sought-after keynote speaker, mother of twin boys, and in her free time, she loves to golf. So Dr. Lund, welcome to Momnificent. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Uh, so what's one thing you've done recently that you haven't done for a while that just brings you joy? Well, you know, that is a great question. I love that question. And I would say that it was just last weekend. Uh, my husband and I went up to Canada to watch our twin boys row in a regatta. Oh my and it was an amazing experience. They're, they both row. They're on different teams. But it was just so cool to watch them each on their respective teams. And, you know, we were really lucky. We had beautiful weather. It was just awesome. It was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because you, you said you're located where on the uh, other we're, side? We're in Seattle. <laughs> and um, yeah, the weather so cool. is a little, it's been, it's been tough this winter. It's been tough. Lots of yeah. gray skies and rain. Oh, I feel like the last three months here in Delaware, it's just rained. It's, we're all just ready for some sun. Yeah, I hear you. I think the weather all over the country has been a little weird this year. Right? Just totally mm -hmm. wacky. Uh, so can you share with me a little bit about your experience growing up as a child, which I, I was listening to and, and found it so unique, and I think our listeners would really appreciate that, and why you weren't able to experience typical things as a kid and what you realized? Right. Yeah. So when I was four, I was diagnosed with a medical condition called hydrocephalus. And essentially what that means is that the cerebral spinal fluid isn't circulating as it should, causing pressure to build up on the brain. So the good thing is hydrocephalus can be managed with something called a shunt, which circulates the cerebral spinal fluid for you. Um, but the problem is, particularly with kids, shunts break, they need to be fixed, surgically repaired. So it meant a lot of time in and out of the hospital, a lot of missed school, a lot of, um, you know, time sort of looking and feeling different. Um, so there were activities, sort of typical activities I couldn't do, such as, you know, contact sports, hanging upside down, gymnastics, all the kind of things the kids are running around doing. And, and it made me feel a bit like an outsider. But the good thing is, 
um, my parents sort of helped me figure out that I love to play tennis. You know, I love tennis balls and running around with that. So that kind of became my focus when I was young. And that really, really helped me uh, to understand and focus on what I could do as opposed to the things I couldn't do. And that's really one of the biggest lessons from that time is learning to focus on what I could do and maximizing my own potential within my unique context. And all of our contexts are different, right? So I think that was the biggest lesson that came out of those difficult, difficult times. Mm, I love that. And um, you talk about uh, there's a superpower that children need. And, and what is that superpower? Yeah. And, and so that really goes back to the, the point I just made in terms of you know, really figuring out who you are as a child, as an as a adolescent, as a young adult within your own unique context and not comparing yourself to others, not wanting to be someone else, sort of accepting your challenges, limitations, and really maximizing your potential within that context. And that's, I think, really important to sort of be there at a baseline, but also look at ways that you can circumvent those challenges, right? Because there's certain things we can't change. There's certain things we can work around and really figuring out where that balance is. And that's really the, the big picture of this superpower, sort of understanding our own unique context and maximizing our potential within that context. Mm, that's so good. And what what if a parent listening is is still trying to find what their child is into? Uh, there's so many kids just kind of glued to their screen time these days. Some parents are like, I can't even get my kid off to try something different to do, to see and explore what they might like. What's your recommendation for a parent in that situation? Yeah, well, to, to keep trying to, you know, encourage with different angles, different Um, suggestions, not push too hard, but really try to engage with your child in an authentic way to understand kind of who they are, where they're coming from, what their aptitudes are, their passions are. And I hear you, we've got a lot of distractions out there these days. Screens are tough and we've got it here in in our own house. And, you know, I, I find that really that does evolve over time and kids do gravitate towards activities that they really enjoy. And that really helps to shift the focus in most cases, at least a little bit away from the screen time. But it's a tough balance because ultimately with screens, what we want is for the kids to develop that internal locus of control to manage their own sense of, okay, when do I need to put this down? Because if we're always putting these external limits on things like screen time, those aren't gonna hold over time is what we found anecdotally, experientially, and in terms of the research. Mm, Yeah, because the parent's not always gonna be there. Exactly. So how do you help your child get to the point where they can make those decisions and take ownership themselves, which is what eventually you want them to do and become as they get older anyway. Exactly, and it takes time. It's an evolving process. But, you know, in terms of the earlier times, trying to figure out what your kid is into, you know, don't give up, come up with different suggestions, encourage, you know, but but let that process unfold. Yeah. And let them try, try, try like a ton of different things, because sometimes if they don't know what they like, actually, over time, they're going to find out what they don't like, which is also helpful because to know what you don't like and you're not good at 
And then that shift of as parents letting go what we think they should be doing, right? right. And what it gives us and, and the space for the child to really say, you know what, doing that activity, like I'd like to take this season off or it's, 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 I'm really stressed and being okay that we're going to unplug from that and not just go, 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 go. That is such a great point and so important, striking that balance and letting a kid dial it back if that's what, you know, they're telling you that they need in that time, in that moment, because our kids have so much on their plates these days. Kids are are stressed out, right? And the other piece that's really important in this is, you know, helping our kids understand that it's okay to not succeed the first time out of the gate. I don't really like that word fail, right? I don't really like that word, but you know, it's okay if things don't work out the first time out of the gate and how are we going to help them get back up and move forward regardless, kind of Mm -hmm. circumventing that challenge or trying again when things don't go right. Because I really truly believe that those moments are the biggest catalyst for our success. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I actually just did this short video clip um, on downtime and the importance of it. And then crazy enough, this one little kid was having a difficult moment and had some struggles. And I called the parent. I was like, they're just, you know, really upset right now. This is what happened. They're okay now, you know, and they were like, oh, well, they're doing this after school activity, which was very, very energetic. And I'm like, do you think I should pick them up normal time or let them go? And I'm like, it's kind of the end of a long week. Um, You can totally do what you choose. But one thought is maybe they just really need and I just said it like that downtime, like that, that yeah. emotional moment is, takes a lot of energy out of kids that sometimes we do and don't realize. And sure enough, you know, they pick them up and I, I just inside kind of smiled a little and felt happier. Cause you know what? Like we just sometimes go, 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 go and push, push, push it to just really stop for a moment and recognize that it's okay. Yes, that is such a great point because one of the things we really want our kids to be integrating and learning to do over time is to quiet their minds, you know, and because that is the very important thing to be able to do to manage through frustrations and tolerate their emotions at a baseline level. So if we're always in this never ending cycle of doing, 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 the mind isn't going to really be able to quiet in that way. So it's going to be really much harder to manage emotions and tolerate challenges when they come up. Mm, Thank you. What's one of the most beautiful experiences, one of them that you have seen uh, where in the midst of the worst health or personal challenge, and there might've been a child you spoke about on your Ted talk that I just love the story of, which you could speak of that one or any other one where they found something beautiful to do or give in spite of the adversity they were living and experiencing the moment that can look so bad. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a great question. And, you know, I think one of the the most pivotal moments like that for me still is that story I told in my Ted talk about the young girl who had suffered a catastrophic injury, left her without her eyesight. Very, very, I mean, just horrifically challenging situation. And, you know, we were all on the rehabilitation unit one afternoon and, you know, kids are doing what they're doing. And, you know, she could have been shut down and, you know, just unable to do much of anything, but instead she chose to come out and share the gift of her voice 
beautiful voice, beautiful singer, and basically sang for the unit for an hour that afternoon. And it was such a powerful, powerful experience for all of us. And just a powerful example of how it's possible to still focus on what one is able to do despite life-altering injuries or illness or yeah, that sort of yeah. thing. So I love that. It, it literally just brings tears to my eyes hearing that story again, because, you know, we say like, find the good in everything. And it's, it can be such a cliche or so easy to say. And, yeah. and it's yeah. hard to see our kids struggle. Um, we just want to like jump in and save everything. And yet then that creates something, you know, in a child that the next minute they hit adversity, like they're probably going to fall apart and not be able to handle it. And so how do we, uh, allow our kids to struggle and ourselves just be okay with that. I think that is, that's really hard as a parent. Um, and sometimes it is difficult situations out of our control uh, where the kid will find and Hopefully that's what we want for our kids when they face a difficult time, not to lose it and fall apart, but to be able to find that inner strength and like find something good out of something. So not so great. Right, exactly. And, you know, you know, all that is to say, of course, we're still acknowledging and managing through the very real challenges that are a part of all of it. But also, yeah, doing exactly what you said, finding that, that angle, that avenue to still do something that's, you know, or, or hold on to something that's positive within in the context of yeah, what's happening. Yeah, I just love that story. So why is believing in a child, why do you say that's the most powerful gift you can give them? Right. Well, it's it's so important because it it really allows our kids, it allows us to believe in what's possible, to see what's possible for us on the other side of the challenge, whatever that challenge is. So, you know, if we kind of stop believing in our kids when a challenge hits, if we say, oh, well, it's not going to work out anyway, they're not going to be able to do it, that will likely shut that kid down, right? But we want to keep believing in what's possible beyond the challenge while we're helping the child to acknowledge and circumvent, navigate through and beyond the challenge. Mm, that's awesome. I love that. And and I love how you you talk about being ordinary, is actually extraordinary. Tell us more about that. Right. Yeah. And that's really goes back to this point of sort of understanding who we are within our own unique context. You know, whatever that looks like for us, you know, whatever that looks like for, for a certain kid, not comparing to our peers, not wishing we were someone else, but really accepting ourselves within our own context despite the challenges, despite the limitations. And then again, figuring out ways to circumvent those limitations, those challenges in order to move towards our potential, whatever that looks like for us, right? And it's going to look different for, for all of us. I mean, for my, for my boys, they're twin boys, exactly the same exposures early on, but very different boys, very different paths that they're following yet best friends. And so, you know, it's really, it's, it's a cool, it's a cool balance. It's a, it's a really neat thing to see. And that I think is true for all of us. We're coming from different places and to appreciate those places within ourselves is really, really important. Yeah. And I love that, especially because uh, for myself uh, growing up, it was 
there was so much comparison to my friends and not thinking I was good enough, smart enough. Oh my gosh. Like just the list went on and on and on. Uh, but it's so freeing yeah. when you can grow up and, and I've, I've, I've done some work. So to help with those thoughts in, in my headspace. And I loved uh, hearing uh, two ladies speaking recently and they were like, you know, you don't even realize the power in just being you like anybody can be like anybody else, but there's nobody like you. So even when we, and I'll just speak for a woman, can come to that place of just really, just, just, just really loving ourselves and just showing up as us instead of, I should do this. I shouldn't say that, you know, all that, if, if we just could put that aside, like, and imagine when we do that as the adults, our kids are watching that and we're going to give them that opportunity to be them. And that is what it may be. Just love your ordinary is extraordinary. Help our kids with that. Yes, that is that right. is spot on. Exactly. That. So if a parent or family member is listening and they have a child or family member who's struggling with an illness, physical limitation, learning disability, you name it, what's one thing you want to leave someone listening with today? Well, you know, I would really encourage them to believe in the possibility for that child, you know, regardless of the challenge because there's always possibility. There's always a strength that can be, you know, used to help the child move forward, to help that child maximize their potential again within their own unique context, whatever that looks like mm, for them. I just love that. And Dr. Lund, how can someone find and follow you? Well, you know, my website is a great place to start. It's www.katelundspeaks.com. And I'm also very active on LinkedIn. So that's an, another awesome. good place. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you taking the time to share and just showing up and being you that can help us in our journey. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Welcome to the Momnificent Podcast. This is the place where we help parents live a happy, healthy life with their kids. We're going to show you how to connect with your child and help them even in their most difficult moments as we hear from experts in the field. I'm your host, Dr. Karin Jakubowski, an international speaker, public school principal, and former struggling student. The Momnificent Podcast equips parents with science-based strategies to help you live a happy, healthy life with your kids. Welcome. Well, that's all we've got for this episode of the Momnificent Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be honored if you would subscribe and rate if you really liked it. I know wherever you're listening right now, it might not be the best time to leave a comment, but feel free to leave a question, a review, or a comment at any time. And until next time, remember, don't worry, be happy.